Hey, what's up? It's Frank here from Data Driven. Um, just wanted to kind of put up a podcast real quick, a little bit of a data point here, because uh, a couple of things have happened. One, uh, everything's all good. Um, I moved, and the process of moving uh, with kids is something I've never done before, and it has put a serious crimp into my schedule, as well as a recording schedule, and my ability to record, because uh, in the middle of all this, in the midst of moving things from point A to point B, we're also fixing up the old house to sell. Um, Secondly, the thing that really inspired me to hit record and upload today was um, the claim that a a engineer at Google in the Responsible AI group claimed to have um, discovered that their chatbot or their language processing model is sentient. Now, there's a number of questions um, I think that brings to mind. One, not uh, the first one that comes into my mind is, you know, how do we quantify sentience? It's one of those things where I'm not sure if we can mathematically quantify, or at least we haven't yet. Um, secondly, um, which kind of ties into the first thing, how do you know something sentient versus a really good and perceptive language processing model uh, with you know memory and kind of being able to call back or being able to process all that? I'm not sure. Um, and, and, and thirdly, I think what's interesting here is, is that the ethical concerns that this does bring up, I think it's intriguing to me that this, uh, this guy worked in the, um, uh, responsible AI department, which usually touches upon ethics and fairness and such. In the live stream I did earlier today, I think one of the things that I didn't really do is I didn't read the entire conversation, which I just did now. And I have to say... I still think I say I still stand by my um, statement I made on the live stream that I'm going with Occam's razor on this one. That this is not Ascension AI; it's just a really, really good um, uh, text processing and generation engine. Um, but I think that they're, they're instead of maybe having one lottery ticket. So in the live stream, if you haven't seen it, I compared it to um, if I had a lottery ticket in my hand. Um, technically that is the winning, that could be the winning ticket, but it's not the winning ticket. And let's be real. It's probably not going to be the winning ticket. So after reading that conversation, I will amend that statement to, it's like I have two lottery tickets. <laughs> um, the, the leap from kind of, uh, I have zero lottery tickets. Obviously I can't win the lottery, uh, to one is probably having one lottery ticket is, is probably the biggest leap, but you get diminishing returns, um, uh, after that. So I think that while there is a chance and I would say an infinitesimally smaller chance that this is real, um, I, I still, I think that this individual, this engineer is anthropomorphizing, uh, at best, I think if he's being honest, he's being sincere, he is anthropomorphizing the project that he worked on. I think we've all kind of done that to one degree or another. Uh, I certainly know a lot of um, authors have done that. I knew a guy who was a comics. He drew, he drew kind of like comic strips, and when he wrote his stories and his uh, his plots, he 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 kind of felt like the characters were real. And I think he knew they weren't, but he knew the choices that they would make based on their personality. Arguably, I guess that's kind of a predictive model of sorts. Uh, but I think he. 
uh, did not descend into kind of madness that those characters were real. Uh, having written a book myself, I can easily understand uh, <laughs> how writing can drive people crazy. Um, but ultimately, I think I, I, I think that if he's being sincere, I think he's anthropomorphizing the product. Um, and if he is not being sincere, I mean, he's definitely getting his 15 minutes of fame now. You know, if nothing else happens from this, who knows? Like, uh, but I think it's an interesting question about brings up a lot of interesting ethical questions. Like, if an AI is sentient uh, and you make it work, uh, and you make it work against its will, um, what does that what does that look like? Sounds bad. Sounds like something very bad. Um, if it decides to not do the work anymore, do you fire it? And how do you fire an AI? Right. If you're running, you know, if it works for company X and company X was paying its cloud service uh, or its bill, do you just shut it off? Do you shut it off and turn it back on again and hope that it changes its mind? I mean, these are these are some dicey ethical questions. But again, I don't think we will cross that bridge someday. I just don't think this is the bridge crossing just yet. But I think it's an interesting kind of thought because in the live stream, I also kind of start talking about, well, you know, does it have rights? Does it have um, responsibilities? Can it be liable for the things it says? Can, um, um, can it vote? And speaking of voting, like what country is it a citizen of, right? If it was made in California, say, um, and it was quote unquote born in the U.S., um, and it then transfers itself or it's copied and duplicated over to, uh, you know, uh, data centers in the European Union. What's its status? Does it get a passport? How does that work? I think these are some very interesting kind of thoughts that, um, are going to need some time to work out. So bottom line, I'm going with Occam's razor on this one. It's probably a really clever, um, language uh, understanding model. Uh, so an NLP, so natural language processing and an NLU natural language, um, uh, understanding model, um, tied with a, uh, really good natural language generation model. So that's my thought. Uh, like I said, it's like having not just one lottery ticket, but maybe two lottery tickets. It's still probably not that, but there is a chance or more specifically, Two chances, which out of 10 or 20 million really doesn't really change the game.